welcome to Money Elementary, where we talk about money subjects that we should have learned in school. There are no dumb questions except the ones we don't ask. We're starting from scratch so that we cover the very important financial basics. Thanks to my lovely children for that excellent intro. I am your host, Heidi Castillo. I am not a licensed financial advisor, but life has taught me how to deal with finances. In addition to my family's background, one of the primary motivators for this podcast has been my babies. I want to give them all the financial information I wish I had and I needed, but I had to learn the hard way. We want to make it easier to talk about money. People often fail to talk about money for many different reasons. It could be lack of knowledge, culture, or just embarrassment. Money and finances shouldn't be a forbidden topic. The answers are easily available, and we want you to have the questions to ask to get the answers you need. Our goal here at Money Elementary is to allow people to come together and freely discuss each other's financial successes and failures. Sharing our knowledge will help us navigate our financial journey together. So let's talk freely about money. To give our listeners the most helpful information about credit cards, we had to break it down into three episodes, and they are Episode 1. We'll be identifying a credit card that works for you and knowing the fees. Episode 2, we're going to go through Isha's credit card offers and analyze one of her APR offers based on her current goals. Episode 3, we will go over the many benefits of having credit cards. Finding a credit card can be like finding a needle in a haystack, but equipped with knowledge, it doesn't have to be. And now my co-host, who is also my sister, Hello everyone, welcome back. Talking about some credit cards. So for today's financial toolkit advice, it's regarding your first credit card. Your first credit card should not have an annual fee. The objective is to keep this credit card open for a really long time with the balance always paid off. A credit card you have successfully held in good standing for 15 or 20 years impacts your credit score in a very good way. Remember, Credit card longevity is 15% of your credit score. I learned this the hard way when I closed my Capital One account that I had open for about 10 years. Later, I found out that closing the card negatively impacted me. It only impacts you at the time in which you close it. It doesn't impact you again once you reach the seven years of closing it. What year did you close it? I closed it down in 2016. Okay, since then, you've done other things that have helped your credit. It would have been nice to have kept that credit card open because it gives you a larger overall credit line. However, the house purchase, among other things, has helped your credit score. I thought it was going to impact me forever or at least till the seven-year mark. I remember closing it because I was having such a hard time making payments on that account that year. Y'all know the story. This is the one where I quit my job and was living off my credit cards. Well, the credit card companies said, no mas, Vanessa, we are cutting you off because you aren't even paying the bare minimum. And that is my credit card story in a nutshell. I have not had a credit card since, and I really would like to get one. Thankfully, my credit score is good now. I just need to make sure that my budget is on point, too. Heidi, you want to share your experience with us? It's not very different from your story. I was the poster child for a poor college student. I wasn't ready for a credit card because I needed a credit card. I didn't have money for gas. I ate a lot of ramen noodle soup. I borrowed books from friends. Unfortunately, I couldn't resist signing up for a credit card 
when all the credit card companies had representatives set up at U of H. I happily went to each table, and to my surprise, I was approved for three cards out of the ten that I applied for. My credit line was around $3,000. What does a broke college student do when they get $3,000? They use it. Use all of it. And then they think, yeah, 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 I'm good for it. But I wasn't. Girl, you wild. We did some research on why credit card companies hunt for college students. And it's pretty interesting. My big aha moment was when I realized that credit card companies' product is money. I don't know why I never thought of that. But they're not trying to sell you a piece of plastic or reward points. It is the money. You read these articles saying that young people spend too much on avocado toast and Starbucks, but they don't explain why. But when these purchases go on your credit card and you do not pay the entire balance off at the end of the month, these companies will charge you interest on the balance that you don't pay off. In the long run, that $5 Starbucks coffee will cost you... $20 probably. I'm exaggerating a little bit, but you get my point. We are giving our goal money to credit card companies, and credit card companies are gonna get paid. They are going to get their product back, which is their money. Here are some ways that they will get their money back. First, they want young blood. If credit card companies lure someone in at 18 years old, that person will more often remain loyal and carry the card to adulthood. Imagine if you continue to pay interest on your balance for 20 plus years. The interest paid for all that time would be ridiculous. And that's actually happening right now to some people. Second, credit card companies know that young people are not as conservative as older folks. The average young person gets a credit card and thinks, ooh, new clothes, dating scenes, parties, etc. That overspending is dollar bills to credit card companies. Third, college students are often dependent on their parents. So they figure if they don't make some payments, the parents will step in and pop out their wallets. Finally, these companies bet that you're going to succeed. That makes me feel a little warm and fuzzy inside. But the fact is that they would love to see you thrive because if you are making the big bucks, they gonna get paid. There is a reason why the credit card industry is a 100 30 billion dollar business and that's billion with a b all this stalking luring and predatory behavior of credit card companies make me think of that quote in the devil's advocate movie when kids go to college it's like behold i send you a sheep amidst the wolves those credit card wolf people are looking for all young sheep i was one of those sheep but i was a little different maybe i was the black sheep I didn't pay all the interest, I just let it go to collections. However, I did pay in different ways, so don't let things go down the collections route. Credit card companies know that you may go into collections and they're aware of the risk. They're okay with the odds because many others will pay the fees. I was actually one of those people that paid a crazy amount of interest fees. I had a credit card for 10 years and always carried a monthly balance. I don't even want to know how much I paid in interest fees on gas or restaurants or my crazy bar hopping habit in my 20s. I don't want to know. Okay, I would love to see how much you paid on interest. It's probably going to make you feel bad, but it would be excellent material on what not to do. Gee, 
Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> but in all seriousness, I know that times are tough. So if you are living paycheck to paycheck, then we would recommend that you do not get a credit card. If you already have a credit card, then we suggest you stop making purchases on it and try to pay it off ASAP. Get your expenditures under control, whether you have a credit card or not. Once you have identified that you are ready for a credit card, meaning that you will use the credit card for wants and not needs, then the next step is to identify what you are eligible for. You need to know your FICO score. If you want more information on FICO, check out our first podcast. If you are just starting your credit card journey, then don't expect the best deals or high reward points. But you should be able to find cards with zero annual fees. And as I mentioned in today's financial toolkit advice, it is helpful to have a zero annual credit card fee in the long run for credit card longevity purposes. So we will start off with students who are looking for a credit card. The best way to do this is Google student credit cards. Looking back, I'm pretty sure I was offered a student credit card at U of H. Discover has really good student credit cards and you can apply on their website. Each student credit card has different requirements, but here are a few common ones. You must be at least 18 years old and prove that you earn sufficient income. You have to be enrolled in a two-year or four-year college. You should have good, decent credit or just a fresh credit score with no dings. We have had the best experiences with Discover and Capital One credit cards. These two credit cards are the go-to for people that are starting with their credit card journey. We know that there are others out there, but these are the ones that have worked for us. So this is what we are recommending you. On a side note, don't start off with a Chase credit card. Chase usually only gives people a chance when other credit card companies have already given you a chance, such as Capital One or Discover. Or if you have rich parents, then Chase be giving you credit cards. But if you don't have any of those, don't sign up yet because then your credit score gets a ding when you get rejected by Chase. And personally, I love Discover because even though I had a bad reputation with them as a student, a few years later, they gave me another shot. That's really cool. So Discover discovered you again? <laughs> So another helpful tip is to keep a short list of the companies you want to apply to because if you use a bunch of credit cards, these will count as hard hits on your credit report and lower your credit score. Why does it count as a hard hit? Essentially, you are asking a company for an immediate small loan. One easy way to find out what card is good for you is to go to creditkarma.com and pull your credit report. At the end of the credit report, it tells you what card they recommend for you based on your credit history. Student credit cards are one way to start. And for our non-student listeners, a secured credit card is another way to start your credit history. Heidi talked about this during our FICO episode. So one great option is a secure credit card. After my college spending spree and my beat up credit score, this was the first step I took to rebuild my credit. Basically, you put down uh, money as a deposit to open a credit card. The deposits range from $300 to $1,000. You can go online and type secure credit card. Once it's open, you can use it as a credit card and pay it off every monthly statement. After about six months or a year of being in good payment status, the lender will refund you the deposit and you will be granted your first 
step to establishing your credit. Aside from a secure credit card, you can also look for unsecured credit cards that target bad credit. These cards usually have high interest rates. Remember, we will go over interest rates on part two of credit cards. So please make sure to check that out. When looking for a credit card, there are fees that you need to keep an eye out for, and we're about to discuss the most important ones. Late fees are a major one. Read the fine print. If you don't pay the minimum monthly balance, you will get charged a fee of around $30 to $35. And that doesn't sound like a lot if it's only one time, but if you get in the habit of not paying your monthly bill consistently, those $30 to $35 add up in the long run. Sometimes, if you are late too many times, credit card companies will increase your interest rate fees, which we will go over in a little bit. Recently, I accidentally forgot to make a payment on one of my credit cards, and I was literally one day late. I remembered the advice that Isha gave in the budget podcast. I want y'all to know about overdraft fee forgiveness slash waiver. This is not something that banks normally advertise, and I don't even know if they have a name for it. That's just what I call it. That's when I called the bank and I explained that I was going through a really hard time and I needed my $30 back. The very nice lady at Chase told me that if something like this ever happened again, that Chase could waive up to six overdraft fees per year. Well, I kind of didn't believe her, but I called anyway. The late fee was for $30, and to my surprise, the representative advised me that I could get one late fee removed per year. It's probably a bit different for credit cards versus debit cards, so go talk to a human so you know what rule applies to you. I saved $30, and I was super happy, and I immediately called Isha to let her know. Anyway, things happen, so if you forget, call them, and they may remove the late fee. When Heidi called me, I thought that somebody in the family got hurt because she sounded so serious she was like hello isha <laughs> and i was like what happened i she was, was like, serious <laughs> i saved money <laughs> she was like they reimbursed me the 30 dollars i'm like yeah <laughs> i was very concerned but then i got i i let loose a little bit and i was happy for her <laughs> okay so penalty fees this one is very important because if you miss a minimum monthly payment or are late with your payment, this can be an extremely expensive mistake. Any promotional rates that you may have been offered or current rates more than likely will be voided and replaced with ridiculously high rates. We have seen some as high as 29.99%, but depending on your credit score, that penalty can actually be higher. The over-the-limit fee, based on our research, most companies decline purchases after you have reached your limit. However, if you opted for the over-limit protection, then they may approve the purchase, but you will get charged either a fee or a higher interest rate. Don't opt for over-the-limit protection. If you do, you'll be spending too much. Just control your spending. Annual fee some credit cards charge you a fee just to have their credit card. Usually this is the case for two scenarios. One, you have bad credit. Or two, they offer many reward points and they feel like they should charge you for them. If it's for points, make sure that the fee is worth the benefits. For example, if you're being charged $195 a year for this credit card, 
but your reward is only giving you $200 in car rental, then it might not be worth it. As a reminder, we will talk about rewards in part three of our credit card series. Foreign transaction fees. If you're going to travel to another country, make sure that you look over your foreign fees because they could add up quickly. In 2019, I made a trip outside the country. I looked over all my credit cards and saw that they would charge me for every single transaction if I had used them. So I decided to open Chase Sapphire, which would not charge me any fees and they gave me other benefits. For a secured credit card, a deposit may or may not be refundable. So make sure that you keep that in mind when you're applying to those types of credit cards. Application fees. Some companies really nickel and dime you and charge you just to fill out the application. This one is usually if you have horrible credit. Make sure you ask how the fee is going to be applied because they could apply it to your credit card which comes out of your credit line. I think it's best not to even consider credit cards with application fees. Instead, find a secure credit card that offers a refundable deposit. Cash advance fees. You can request to take cash out from your credit card, but it usually comes with a hefty fee. Certain cards offer cash advance at an APR of close to 30%. This is usually about a 10% markup of the offered interest rate. It is not worth it. This is another thing you can avoid during your credit card journey. This is not a fee, but a consequence of what happens when you're already hit with penalty fees and late fees and you're still not making payments. The credit card company will see you as being too risky and unreliable, and they will lock your credit card or revoke it due to missed payments. Now let's go over different ways to avoid missing payments and racking up some of these crazy fees. Alerts are going to be your best friend. If you don't have your card on AutoPay, set an alert when your payment is coming up. I love this feature on Discover. They love to nag me, they text me, they email me like two times when my due date is five days away. This has saved me from missing my payments many times. If you know that your purchases should never go over a specific amount, let's say that you want to stay within 30% of your credit card usage, you can actually set an alert that declines your card when it reaches that amount. I had an incident that happened to me in which someone stole my credit card number and made small purchases. I had an alert for $500, so I didn't get notified until they made that large purchase. After that, I decided to put alerts for any purchase made over a dollar. I do get many alerts, but now someone can't get away with charging a dollar. Once I get an alert of a purchase I don't recognize, I go to the website and I immediately lock my credit card. This declines all purchases made and gives me the time to report the credit card number stolen. Heidi had mentioned to me a few weeks ago that at the beginning of the year, she calls her credit card companies and says that her card was stolen. And I think this is a pretty useful, maybe a secondary financial toolkit advice. She reports it stolen versus lost because if it's stolen, you get a new card number. So every year she starts fresh just in case someone has her credit card information and wants to go on a trip or buy a fresh new wardrobe for the new year. This might be too much work for some, but it has helped me in the past. For example, one year I went crazy on buying like three domains, 
Had I not gotten another credit card number, GoDaddy was going to hit me up for $200. I had completely forgotten about the domains, and sadly, I had never even used them. But keep in mind that when you change your credit card number and you have certain bills on AutoPay, you will need to update all those different accounts with your new credit card number so you don't miss any payments. But hey, I'm okay with that. It brings me peace of mind at the end of the day. So we are almost at the end of episode 3.1 of credit cards. And just to recap, before trying to get a credit card, make sure that you are ready for one. This means that you don't actually need it to live. This will prevent you from acquiring debt. I've been there. I've done that. It is not fun. And I want y'all to avoid that at all costs. Don't apply to a bunch of credit cards at once because this will show up on your credit report as a hard hit and it will count against you in your credit report. Know all the fees associated with your card from your late fees, over limit fees, foreign transaction fees, annual fee, penalty fees, cash advance fees, application fees, or being happy fees. I'm just kidding with that last one. I just want to make sure that you're paying attention. Take advantage of alerts to prevent you from getting hit with all the fees we just mentioned. When possible, only purchase what you can afford to pay off at the end of the month. And try to stay within the 30% utilization rule. If you can't pay the entire balance at the end of the month, I want y'all to do these three things. One, make sure to pay the minimum by or before the due date to avoid any late or penalty fees. Two, Pay more than the minimum balance so that you are paying towards your balance and not just your interest rate fees. And three, if things get bad and you can't pay much, at the bare minimum, pay that minimum charge until you get back on your feet. And yes, this is the same as number one, but that's how important this one is. Any non-payments can really damage your credit. So if you can help it, try to avoid missing your monthly minimum payment. Please keep in mind that this does not cover all the information relating to credit cards. As we stated in the beginning, there's a lot of information to cram into one podcast. So please come back and listen to part two next week, in which we will cover the importance of APR fees and compounded interest, just to name a few. Thanks for coming to class today. As in every episode, there's homework. No, I'm not going to tell you to go out and immediately apply for a credit card identify if you are ready for a credit card. By now, with our podcast, you should know your FICO score and you should have done your budget. With this research, you should be able to determine if you're ready for a credit card. It's not an emotional decision. It's very fact-based. If your FICO score is 500 or 600 or your budget is in the red, then you are struggling. These are strong indicators that you are not ready for a credit card. If this sounds like you, don't give up, but also don't apply for a credit card just yet. Remember, focus on repairing your credit by paying all your bills on time and reporting that on Experian Boost. Also, if you have new debt that has gone into collections, work on negotiating it and paying it off. We mentioned both of these points in our FICO episode. And lastly, if you haven't done your budget, please go and do that and stay within your budget to reach your goals. Above all, above everything, everything that we've said, your priority should always be the financial goal that you set for yourself. So always keep that in mind.
If you are one of those people whose credit score is 650 and up and your budget is not in the red, then start doing some research on what credit card options are available to you. But don't apply just yet. We encourage our listeners to stay tuned to parts two and three of our credit card series. The information that we share will allow you to better understand and analyze the credit card offers that these companies are sending you. You will be able to make a well-informed decision and get a credit card that benefits you. If you found this information useful, share this knowledge with your family and friends because knowledge is power. Toodles! Bye! This is Money Elementary! Money Elementary! Bye! Got questions? Email us at questions at moneyandrentry.org.